Ask the Podcast Coach for April 20th, 2019. Let's get ready to podcast. There it is. It's that music. It means it's Saturday morning. It's time for Ask the Podcast Coach, where you get your podcast questions answered live. I'm Dave Jackson from the school of podcasting.com. And uh, joining me right over there, it's 420, dude, is uh, Jim Carlson from the average guy.tv. Greetings, Dave. I, Happy Saturday morning to you. Not from Colorado. I am from Nebraska, <laughs> the neighboring state. Happy uh, Easter weekend to you. Yes, and Passover and all sorts of other things going on. Or for our, our fun uh, skeptic friends, Happy Saturday. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but uh, yeah, I was uh, you know, the whole 420 thing. I'm like, really? Okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we, we had a gal at work. I worked years ago now. It's 20 years ago. And she had all these 420 stickers all over her. And she didn't, she didn't realize what it was. She thought it was like, oh, leave work early or something. Right. It was unbelievable. This was like early in the 420 days. So that hasn't been around for very long. But, and, um, Someday, so one day, someone said, "Hey, you you know that you know what that means, right?" And they were like, "She's like, no." And she was prim and proper. How right? She, <laughs> like how no one told her this before. So we told her, and they all came down. And yeah, went into the trash pretty quick. So it's like, oops. Hey, if you want to join us, we're over at uh, askthepodcastcoach.com slash join, and that will pop you right in here. Uh, we're also, if you're listening to this on something that's not where we are. Uh, Mixler, I guess, where it asked the podcastcoach.com slash live. And one of the things I wanted to say, we we're talking about this in the pre show, is I'm going to nothing against them besides the fact that I'm not paying for something that does the same thing. I'm going to be moving from Mixler to Spreaker to have the little live player on the side. Uh, because I just it was one of those where you do your taxes and you're looking at your expenses and you're like, hey, there's uh, you know. A hundred and let's see, hundred and forty dollars a year that I'm paying for Mixler that I don't have to twelve times twelve, right? Hundred forty. Did you get in on the Spreaker or the Spreaker deal where yeah. it's free and they get basically gave you the yeah? I hope we should never tell them like because no. I think that's going forever. Yeah, Gosh, exactly. I, 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 I'm waiting great. for it. Yeah, so uh, that's that's kind of the deal. But I was out looking at the the Facebook pages today and. I guess the one thing I wanted to mention, there's a lot of stuff about people doing a podcast lunch. And for some reason, that phrase now is starting to make me throw up in my mouth just a little bit because they're so, so focused on the launch. And I'm not saying don't focus on your launch, but it just seems like they're really getting crazy. And so the what you actually need to launch your show is you need one episode published, one, not three, not 10, not 30. You need one. Now, if you want to, Publish three, five, eight, thirty. You can, but you you need one. You need artwork that is fourteen hundred by fourteen hundred. And I'm gonna you ready for this? I'm gonna go out on a limb. Quit making them PNG files because every time I see one that's PNG, it's over five hundred kilobytes. And it just seems like I'm like just stick with JPEG. That will make your life a whole lot easier because it sounds weird. And I'm noticing this now. Apple will approve something even though you don't meet their specs. And Spotify won't. Spotify will be like, no, that's too big. And what's weird is they don't tell you. It just doesn't show up. You fill out the little form in Lipson, and it just never shows up. So, And then you need your, your categories and your description. And that's, that's really it. And what's kind of interesting is uh, 
and I'm going to blame Anchor for this. I, I want to politely, just lovingly punch them in the face for this because, of course, Anchor will submit your shows to every place, including Apple. Oh, yeah, we forgot to tell you, we now own your show because it's under our Apple ID. But now people are coming to Lipson and all these other places, and they just go, hey, um, I launched today, and I'm not on any platforms. And you're like, huh? Did you Did you submit them for approval anywhere? And they're like, huh? And I'm like, yep. So, which is kind of interesting. And I say this, I'm pretty sure I can speak for everyone for Libsyn, Blueberry, Podbean, podcast websites, anybody. When you sign up for an account and they send you that welcome email, read it. And and when you log into the account and it says, click here to set up your account, I don't know, maybe do that. It's kind of like, ah. So, uh, but uh, Jim, what are your thoughts on the whole one, three, five, thirty? How many episodes should you launch with? Uh, whatever you have, you know. And Mo- Chris Nessie in the chat room says, "Just your first one, which is okay." You know, I'm a big advocate and make five and then throw them away. Like they're worthless, they're awful, they're terrible. Don't don't do them. You you don't you don't think that they're your baby, but they're super ugly. And <laughs> everything I've ever done, the first ones are awful. I go, I I can't listen to them. They're just awful. So if you can, if you can stomach it, create four or five, toss them, then do the first one. I don't I don't know if it really matters, Dave. If you have five or 10 or three. I think what matters is the influence you had before you launched. And I think there's a lot to be said about a pre-launch marketing campaign. Those things work. Like if you're going to, you're going to market something and you do it properly, people will come and buy it. If it's, if you've marketed it correctly, if it's interesting, right? So one, make the content interesting. And and, and two, you got to market it. So how you market it kind of depends on who you are and what you have access to. You know, and and so, you know, if you get an influencer to do it for you, that may or may not work. No guarantees. You know, you may go after gay like Gary V and say, hey, could I somehow finagle a way for you to say my podcast sometime? That may work. <laughs> it may not. Like, you don't know. I think, Dave, you just got to do a whole bunch of different things and you just got to hustle like crazy to get get it out there. Get, get on other people's shows. Sometimes yeah. that works. Sometimes it doesn't. Right. I love this line from the the chat room from the Working Cows podcast. One of my favorite church leadership titles is Gardens Don't Launch. And really podcasting is similar. You're you're tending the garden that is your relationship with your audience and man that is I might have to borrow that. Yeah. Well, I some creative marketing I think is helpful and you may get a lucky break getting in the right place at the right time saying the right thing getting it right. right. Something going on on Twitter, something happening on Facebook, like some of those things. And then I think if you're just a genuinely nice person, I think that helps too. Like I I I, I think that's but you just you, you never really know. I was listening to an episode, hmm, let's see, maybe oh it was um uh, the Spreaker live show. Rob was interviewing a gal, I forget her name now. And she said she, oh, no, that's not true either. I was listening, sorry, listening to Shots of History. By the way, great podcast. Uh, Cody Wheat has been on here before. Um, and he was interviewing this Instagram. She's she a bartender. And she had like 30,000 followers on Instagram, and wow. which is a pretty good number, right? Yeah. And then she did, she had this one, uh, she got mentioned by one person or something happened. And in a weekend, she did 50,000. So, you know, you're like... Um, can that one thing matter? Yes. Here's the deal though. She had been working her butt off on Instagram to get to 30 before she had a shot at 50. She also had a lot of great stuff on her Instagram account to start with. It wasn't like they came and she was brand new. She had been on Instagram for a couple of years. I think podcasting is the same way. 
when you, you have to be there, you have to be hustling to get that break. And when you get that break, you need to have content and it needs to be good right, for people to binge on. That's what blows the numbers up. Well, that's, I, I love you said that because here's a, another one. This was from Jacob in a Facebook group. He says, I'm finally launching my podcast in the next few weeks, which I always want to go like, okay, are you waiting for artwork? Like, why are you waiting? Um, my goal is to get as many downloads, reviews, subscribers, and most importantly, as much, and he puts in, in quotation marks here, valuable traffic as, po- as possible. And by that, I mean meaningful, measurable listener activity within Apple's uh, iOS and iTunes, to which I say 80% of Europe is on Android. Um, I plan on running two small giveaways and one huge giveaway, six figures worth of rewards, um, with the main call to actions being around downloading, reviewing, and subscribing and listening to the podcast. I want to ask you guys, what are some other ways that you would, uh, you would use to get downloads, reviews, subscribers, and most importantly, people to actually listen to the episodes? I'm looking for something creative. I have a budget for this, but I can't afford to pay hundreds of influencers to promote me on their Insta stories or run Facebook or Google ads worth uh, tens of thousands of dollars. Of course, I'm making sure to provide amazing content. Okay, I'll be the judge of that. And I've already recorded episodes with some of the biggest names in my industry. So here we go. Gary Vaynerchuk, Neil Patel, James Clear, Sean Ellis, um, Chris Dew, I guess that's the guy's name, uh, are just to just drop some names. Uh, can't wait to hear your thoughts. So, so that's interesting. He's got some big names there. My question is, here's my thought. In fact, this is actually a, a kind of a talk I'm working on about um, when you interview big names, if you do the same old interview that they've done forever and you get Gary talking about wine, what was this thing? Wine library, wine, something, yeah, something like that, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And you get, whoever, and they just do the same, you know, if I, if I interview Pat Flynn and I get him talking about his green Academy and his PDF and he lost his architect, he's not going to share that with his audience. Mm-hmm. He's just not. So he's probably not going to share it with his audience anyways. Like, well, that's, that's it. My, my he's influenced Vanderchuk. He's not going to, he's not sharing this with his audience. Like, and if he does, it gets so lost in the wash of their influence and activities, right? You may get lucky if it's controversial. You may get lucky if it stands out on something. I mean, you may get lucky, but chances are, again, I said this last week, I took a little heat for it on Twitter. Interviewing famous people is lazy podcasting. Like, I think it's just super lazy, find interesting people. Like, you know, and, and, and they may be interesting and famous, but I just, I just, it drives me nuts, Dave, when it's like, okay, I'm going to launch my podcast. I'm going to go after all these influencers. And I just, could it work? Totally. People have done it. It's documented. It could work. It's just lazy. Well, my whole thing is a, uh, Jerry easily has a book called stop chasing influencers. And he talks about how he, I mean, he interviewed some big names and just was getting zero. You know, it's because they're not there to, to share that. But I love the fact that he says, you know, I'm, I'm looking for creative things. And it's like, I don't know, make a, a good show. And you know, I, I, he didn't say what the show was because he's in a Facebook group. So he can't, you know, that would be spam. But I just to me, I'm like, I, it's like when you write a book, you think writing the book is the hard part. Writing the book is actually the easy part. The hard part is getting people to read it. And I think it's also the same with with a podcast, I'm starting to see a lot of, uh, I think it was Elsie Escobar was talking about how books and podcasts are very similar because some people are like, I don't know if I should start a podcast. Well, every year 
there are another 15 to 20 new, if, if not more, probably more books on losing weight, you know, the popcorn diet, whatever's going on that year, you know, and yet people still write those books. And the problem again is how do I get my book into the bookstore? How do I get it on an, an aisle so people can see it when they walk in, right? It's all about discoverability again. And I'm like, yeah, but a good book. If somebody likes it, they're like, have you read this book? I, right now I'm listening to Profit First by Mike Michalowicz, I think is his last name. And it's actually pretty cool, but it's the same thing I, I, with a podcast. You, you know, we all want that, that big placement on the aisle and new and noteworthy on the front page. And I'm like, I don't know. But on the other hand, I don't think that should stop somebody from making a podcast just because there are other podcasts yeah. in your, or, in your or writing a book, like, you know, writing books, get you invited to things uh, or can, can get you invited to be, to be a keynote, to speak at a conference to, I was at a conference when I was in new Orleans and the keynote speaker was uh, Walter Isaacson. And he's a mm-hmm. fairly famous author. I think he wrote mm-hmm. Leonardo da Vinci. By the way, that's a super huge book. Look at that thing. It's a book and a weapon. Yikes. Um, uh, after hearing him talk, I was like, oh, I got to read this guy's book for sure. And so as he was talking, got on my phone, got on Amazon. This book happened to be on sale for 10 bucks Nice on Amazon. It was here before I got home. And, you know, you so the, that can work. Now, did he sell tens of thousands of books that weekend? Probably not. I bet he sold a dozen. But he keeps showing up in places, you know, right. um, uh, you know, we show up, Dave, every Saturday morning. I think the key is to take care of those people when you do get followers and, and these many influencers around you. Make sure you're taking care of them. Like, don't get so focused on the crowds that you that you miss those disciples. Right. Oh, yeah. That are around you and, and take good care of them. We have lately I've had on Home Gadget Geeks. That audience has really gotten engaged in the last two or three months. And several of the interviews I've done have come from audience suggestions. In fact, they've reached out to, to book the interview. They're like, oh, I'll, I'll just contact so-and-so and we'll have them on your show. And okay, it's, <laughs> that sounds great. You know, and, and it's, it's audience, the audience is doing that. And it's not the audience is doing the work. It's the audience is so engaged. They want to dictate or they want to help guide the conversation right and last night we had a or thursday night we had a really engaging show it went for an hour and a half and i had to kind of i had to like the the guest wanted to keep going (laughs) i was like okay we you know i told you 90 i told you maybe 90 minutes and but he was he was super engaged so i I think you got to take care of those around you too yeah the uh we have some comments here in the, the chat room i know chris says here the big names have no room to share the content of others ahead of their own content. Plus a lot of times if they, if you think about how often these people are getting interviewed and where they're appearing, their Twitter feed would just be steam, you know, yeah. um, here when Gary V and other folks are putting out tons of content daily, why would I look for a new podcaster to consume their content if I wanted to consume it? So, and then Chris says, of course, yeah, yeah, you would. Well, so, and you don't, you just don't know. Like it can, there are documented cases where a nobody was on a somebody's podcast or had a somebody on their podcast and it meant tens of thousands or maybe hundreds of thousands. I don't know. There's, there's, there, that does happen, but I think it's pretty rare that we see those kinds of things. Well, you brought up how your audience, this, this ties in nicely. Somebody asked this in a Facebook group and I've had another person ask me, how much would you pay? to have someone book clients for you. 
because some of the booking agents out there, you're looking at, you know, five, $600 for, you know, it, it basically rounds out to about a hundred to 150 a guest. And I'm like, to make some phone calls. Now, granted, you have to find the right people and that's really what you're paying for. Right. But what would you, what would you pay for that service? I, I, well, I wouldn't personally because I don't, I don't have any problems getting like, uh, we look for the under the high talent underrated companies. That's what we look for. So we had Hubitat on this last Thursday and they make these little, they make these little home automation devices that that help in that process of automating everything. Home automation is a big topic right now. It's pretty difficult. Nobody's got, you know, it's 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 complicated at best. But they're in that market. They just launched a product a couple of years ago. They're high performing. They're but they're not giant. And so, you know, it's a perfect for me. It's that perfect match. And we had a listener schedule the the interview. He just reached nice. out to him on Twitter and said, "Hey." Would you be interested in being the show? And, and Patrick Stewart, who is that? Not not to be confused with Captain Picard, but Patrick <laughs> Stewart, their their head of of the kind of marketing guy, uh, came on last night and was re- super techie and really great. And so, so Dave, I personally, that's I'm looking for that. I'm looking for that talent that hasn't gotten there yet. And I yeah. that's because to me, that's what's interesting. We had Jamie Simonoff from Ring Ring dot com. Mm-hmm. We had him on just as that thing was starting to take off. I mean, like he had just come off of Shark Tank and had turned down the Shark Tank offer, right? And um, said, "Yeah, no, I think I'm going to make this. I'm going to make a run on my own." And they were still fulfilling orders out of a garage and a little warehouse. Oh, wow! And, like it was cool. Well, now Jamie Sinoff's a billionaire for yeah. he sold his company to it's probably not billions, but it's hundreds of millions. Yeah, to uh, to Amazon. Would I have him back on my show now? Yeah, probably. Would I ask? I don't know. You know, he's kind of he's kind of a big deal. And it's like, well, you get a chance. I hear him on all kinds of other things. And you're just like, okay, you had your chance. I want to highlight folks that haven't had their chance yet. In the chat room, here's the, the trick in interviewing big name guests is getting them to say something new. Most of their most dedicated fans have heard all their quips before. Yeah, I had a, a I'm dying for them to release it. I was on a show and I can't remember the name of it. And the guy asked me, he goes, um, let's talk a little bit about your childhood. And I'm like, all right, we're going someplace. We don't normally, you don't go. He goes, tell me what it smells like. And I was like, it really was like, oh, and I'm like, uh, the first thing that came to my mind was either government cheese or meatloaf. I go, take, take your pick. He goes, well, let's go with the government cheese. I'm like, well, I'm, you know, my dad was in between jobs. We went on welfare. I go, I remember watching my mom oh. cry because she was freaking out because he lost his job. I go, that that's probably why, because yeah. you don't, you, it's not cool to see her. But it was, I was like, wow, we went down a whole bunch of places that I'm like, I don't know what book he read to do interviews, but I was like, well, I'm definitely sharing this one because there's a ton of stuff in there that was like, what? So yeah, that, that was. No, uh, it's a great story, though, and it's it's it, it's it's interesting. Like I, I just, uh, I think we've got to kind of focus on those things that I mentioned. Cody, Cody Wheat, um, uh, shots of history in this podcast that he's doing, and he's interviewing all these semi-famous but semi-trendy bartenders in the LA area, and he's actually built a little. Clo- he called it the closet studio in his house, and he went from calling them to actually inviting them over. And Cody has had some really interesting um, interviews with these, you know, they're not, they're not so famous that, that, you know, they're, they're, they're aspiring, 
and the interviews are really, really good. And and I've just, you know, it's a history. His, his podcast is about the history of alcohol, and these are about bartenders. You would kind of oh, wow. think, no, not that. Like, okay, why would I listen? Because it's about people, and it's about people's struggles, and their their interesting stories to get there. I like yeah. it. Well, you do a lot of interviews. Here's a, a question. This was from Kent Sanders. He says, I'm struggling with a very specific issue in my podcast interviews and would be uh, grateful for any guidance. When I'm interviewing a guest, I always work from a list of prepaid, uh, prepared questions. I don't always stick to these and often take a side road of questions if the conversation goes that way. What I'm struggling with is the balance between active listening to the guest and really being tuned into them and also being mindful of time and keeping things on track. So the conversation provides a maximum value for the listener. How do you maintain Cause you just said you did a 90 minute show. How do you maintain balance between a active listening and pursuing an interesting side roads and yet to keep the interview focused. Editing. That's me. That was me. <laughs> I, I said, everything. Keep, let it go long and then edit it. Yeah. Cause yeah. there's not all that stuff's going to be gold. So that was my whole thought. I'm like, just yeah. do that. And, and Editing. Well, I appreciate Listen, He's thinking about, is it he, is that a, he uh, let's see. Interviews are hard. Uh, Kent, I'm assuming Kent. that's a guy. So he is thinking about, I think all the right things. In other words, it's great to have some prepared questions, by the way, I think practice helps. The more you do this, the better you get at it. Yeah. Go down the rabbit trails. If they're interesting. Um, if you hear something, it, you know, if they say something kind of off, say, oh, hey, wait a minute. Okay, before we go, let's let's continue to go down this path a little bit. I'm interested. Those are, you never know. Sometimes you just hack it, but it, you, you never know what this country is. So I think he's thinking about all the right things and trying to keep it interesting. Just let editing be your friend on that one. Yeah, that's it. That's me. I always, I always go long. And then for me, it's just a matter of listening to the listening to it back and going, okay, does this question, you know, deliver value or whatever, and just kind of go from there. How, um, how do you feel, Dave, how do you feel about switching the interviews around in your edits? Because people get more relaxed when they, um, you know, when you're interviewing them and the, almost sometimes the better parts of the interview are at the end, would I've you, done front, that. would you front load it to I've, get the interesting stuff? Yeah. yeah. I forget who I was interviewing and we talked about a subject and then like 20 minutes later, they said something Without me saying, let's go back to what we're talking. He just did. And I was like, ooh. And I was listening to it back. And I'm like, this is so good. And I want people to listen to the whole interview. So I'm going to front stuff it. I'm like, I'm going to put the gold up front. And not that the rest of it wasn't gold, but it was like, this This needs, I don't want anybody to miss this golden nugget. So I put yeah. it up front. Yeah. You, I think you can also re-record the intro at the end. So do the intro, do the show. Like maybe like, hey, Dave, welcome to the program. And the very first time I do that, then the very first time you've spoken on my program, it's a little stiff and kind of mm, the in the in the 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 guest doesn't always quite understand everything that's about the show. If you do that at the end, say, "Hey, just stay with me for a second. I want to re-record the intro now that we've done this." Then take that and move it back to the front. I think you get a little more, a little fresher, a little better take on on that person. Yeah, I always start off and I'll be like, Hey, Jim, welcome to the, and I'll say, I'm going to say, Hey, Jim, welcome to the show. And you can say, thanks for having me or whatever you want to say. And then I'll get into the question and they'll be like, okay. So I'll go, Hey, Jim, welcome to the show. Jim will say, great to have me. me, Dave. Yeah. And then I pause because a lot of times the first question is not great. I think it's going to go somewhere and I'm like, Oh, all right. All right. Let's go to the next question. And so that way 
I can always start with a first question that is going to get the conversation going where it wants to go. Cause I know some people are like, Oh, I want to like warm them up. I want to, you know, but I'm like, okay, you can also do that before you hit record. But if you want to do it after you yeah, record something about recording, the question I like is just tell like, t- tell me a little bit about yourself. And I know some people find that lazy. Oh, I hate that question, man. <laughs> but you, so you cut it out, but you get them talking. It's like, I think that is the key and nobody knows themselves better than themselves. So you get them talking and then you cut it out. Well, see what I I would just rephrase that. Like if I was interviewing you, I'd be like, so Jim, when did you know podcasting was going to be a thing for you? Yeah. Yeah. Cause otherwise it's like, um, I was born in Nebraska. I was in the Navy army, something like, where do you want me to go? I have with my guests, I have a really good, they know why they're on the show and they know what to say based on that. You know, give me a little right. bit about your background. And okay, well, so I was an engineer. I came out of UCLA and I was an engineer. And I, you know, right. generally they know, I always feel like they know. I don't get the, uh, well, I was born in Nebraska. You know, I, by the way, I have a funny story. Steve Wozniak, you know, Woz uh, from Apple. Yeah. We, we, uh, we invited him, the city of Omaha invited him to come speak. Uh, oh, years ago. And they, I, I'm not sure they briefed him really well on what he was supposed to speak about. <laughs> he literally, he was like, well, um, let me tell you a little bit about myself. I was born in, and an hour and 45 minutes later, he was in high school. He just kept, was just kept talking and he, he walked through elementary school and then junior wow. high. And then he talked about how he was a phone, he'd done phone freaking and all these hacking things that he'd done <laughs> and in, in, in his high school days. And then, so he's graduating from high school and he looks at his watch and he goes, how long was I supposed to? Like, how long did you want me to speak? And the 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 event coordinator goes, Oh, you're doing fine. And you can hear the audience go, I mean, Waz is interesting, but right. you can hear the audience go, Oh, <laughs> like, you know, we've already been get, sitting here for an hour and 45 minutes. And uh, he wrapped it up within 30. But you know, you 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 run that risk too of of not being specific uh, enough. I get it. Here in the chat room, do you prepare for interviews when you're the interviewee. I try to. How about you, Jim? I've really blown this a couple times where I didn't. I I didn't go. I didn't do enough homework on the podcaster. I didn't do. I didn't understand that podcast culture, and I wish I would have. If I if I ever get in, and after hearing those interviews, nobody will probably ever invite me to be on their podcast again. But if I ever get invited back, I'll probably do some homework on the podcast just to make sure I understand the culture. Yeah, it's funny because if I don't do homework, I'm amazed. Well, I, I guess I shouldn't be amazed. People are assuming I did my homework. And if you don't, like I was on one, I'm like, all right, well, before we get started, like, can you kind of tell me a little bit about your target audience? You know, because I don't know who I'm talking to. And I'm like, do you want the small, medium or large answer? Do you want me to go deep in the weeds? Just touch the weeds. How far technical do you want me to go? And it was funny because... uh we were talking about engaging with your audience. And I said, you know, if somebody emails you, you know, email them back and blah, blah, blah. And he goes, uh, yeah. Um, well, for us, it's going to be like Snapchat or, uh, you know, text. And I'm like, wherever your audience is engage. So and it was funny. I'm like, yes, old middle-aged white guy sending email. That's me. So. <laughs> well, Instagram has gotten to be such a big deal. these yeah. days, Right. And I'm, I, I have an Instagram account. I don't, ever post to it. I follow some people out there and in all the, all the latest podcasts I've been listening to from the trendy, you know, the trendy folks, 
they're all talking about Instagram. And, uh, you know, I don't, I could, I would have no advice for that. I don't, I don't know how to, you know, it's like, yeah. So you're right. I think preparation is key. I, I, I'd prepare a lot more. Yeah. It's, I, I felt bad because I was just on one and then I did like zero homework. They just, we want to talk to you about podcasting. I'm like, all right, I'm good. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it's like, yeah, I should go listen and get did an you, idea. Did you feel like you pulled it off or? Yeah, because they just it was it was just you know it was kind of like they had their list of questions and we went through them and you know it was it was cool and it was fun and and they they said they're kind of a fun show so I was able to get a little wacky and and get them to laugh a little bit so but uh, another quick question here from from Facebook uh, this is from Jeanette says uh, hi guys sorry I feel like I'm asking a lot of questions I don't know why I guess she is uh, when you first started how did you keep yourself from using fake voice and be your true self. I keep recording my intro for practice, but my voice cracks and it's just fake, uh, fake work voice and can't seem to stop myself. Should I just down a few glasses of wine first? Should I lose my script and wing it? I don't know. I don't, I just talk. I, I, you know, I, I know when I start and it's like, Hey, it's Saturday morning. I'm definitely a little more, you know, but by the time we're, you know, whatever, 29 minutes in, I'm just talking normal. So I wouldn't worry about it as long as as long as you're not monotone and just have you have no energy and you're just, you know, talking and bored. Um, I don't know, Jim, do you have do you have puke voice? Uh, Well, I had Sarah on my wife on the podcast a couple weeks ago, and she said to me when when we were done, she goes, you know, you're just a little different on the podcast than you are in person. Mm -hmm. And I've I've always prided myself that I'm kind of similar. But I think no matter what you do, you're a little bit different behind a microphone. Embrace that. Don't change it. Be be who you are behind the microphone. Um, if it's fake, then don't do it. If it's yeah. fake and you like it, then do it. I mean, do what you want on that as far as that goes. But I, I do think we all have a radio or a we, we've got this public performance. And it's not just when I'm behind a microphone, when I'm speaking in front of people at a college campus or when I'm leading a seminar on something. I go into a little bit different of a rhythm than I would normally do when you're just yeah. talking. There's a cadence to what we do. So I, I would, I'd embrace it. If it feels fake and it feels awkward, but you like it, just push through till you, you're good at it. It'll go away. Yeah. Until it becomes natural. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But if you're, if you're trying to force something and it doesn't feel like, cause I, I try to do once I try to do a podcast as a character and I was laughing how like 10 minutes in, I was this grumpy old man and I'm dog like and then like five minutes in number one, my throat is killing oh, yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. And also I'm like, wait a minute, you just slipped out of character. I don't know if you realize that or not, but those last two those last two sentences sound a lot like Dave Jackson, you know, and I was like, Oh, and that's when I went, Oh wow, well, being a character is not is easy. So whatever however you want to bump it up or you know, twist it or whatever, but as long as you can kind of do it naturally, and like you said, if if you want to sound this way and you think it sounds good, then just practice it and it'll just be natural. I'm with you. When I talk on stage, I probably have a little, I know I say right a lot on stage and that drives me nuts. We, I, we all do. Yeah, we all do. And that's my crutch word. And it's only a crutch word when I speak live. Cause I don't do it a lot in my podcast. I don't think at least. Well, I you had, you had posted your, um, your hall of fame or mm, video this week. Yeah. And I went back and rewatched it. By the way, I was, it was more fun to watch it again this this week than it was when you, when you got it. I just I really enjoyed for whatever reason. Daniel did a oh, an amazing job. Out of the park. Oh my god, Daniel was so good on that. So if you haven't seen that yet, go back and go back to your. I'm sure it's on your YouTube channel. Is that is that where it's at? 
Yeah, I think um, what what had happened is I had politely borrowed that, uh, and I could never find it on Podcast Movement's website. So I borrowed it and threw it on my YouTube, but it was unlisted. Hmm. And then a bunch of people saying, like, where can I see that? And I'm like, it's on my YouTube. And they're like, no, it's not. So I finally just made it from unlisted to public because technically I don't own that material, but it is me. They're I'm like, okay with it. I uh, didn't really. He, okay. Well, even though it's you, it still doesn't mean. Yeah. yeah didn't really ask. Uh, I'm kind of like, I'll, I'll leave it there until somebody goes, Hey, you can't, now, can you pull that down? We won't, you know, but well, I appreciate you posting it. It was, yeah. it's, it was touching and I really enjoyed watching it again. And, um, but you're, you're speaking the way you do that, that presentation, you wouldn't talk that way in, in front of a bunch of friends, you know, that's just, right. that's your, that's your public presentation voice. And it's different than when you do podcasting. And so embrace those differences, but get good at one of them. Like if you're going to do a lot of podcasting, practice your podcast voice, get good at it, get good at your cadence, have a kind of have a rhythm, have some kind of persona when you're doing it. People are not attracted as much to the content as they are to you. That's why people come to listen to podcasts they and come in, to listen to you. Yeah. In true podcaster fashion, I hate that thing. When I was watching, I'm like, oh, you're staring at your phone 90% of the time. What are you doing? Yeah, it's okay. The content there mattered, Dave. Yeah. That was that that was a that was a genre that, you know, you wanted to make sure you included everybody, you yeah. wanted to make sure you got it right. Yeah. You, you know, it was really, really well done. I I, I appreciate it. That that if if I was ever in a situation like that, I'd hope I'd do half as good as you did on that. So you did a nice job. There's one when I started in radio, I would go home and read from the newspaper. Remember those kids? Yes. Uh-huh. Reading as though it was talking to people instead of reading. Yeah. David Hooper does that. He said he he likes to read out loud because that's the key of not making it sound like you're reading. And it's it's easier said than done. But that was somebody else had a um uh, do I still have that question? Somebody had a question about scripting. Should I script my show? Oh, well, you that that in that one Facebook that she talked about, do I stay on script or go off yeah. script? I think you get the script down so well. Practice creates this ability to then go off script. And I think, you know, that script so well, you can dance around it and then you can ad lib. But if you don't know the script, ad libbing is not very good. So Make sure, you know, I mean, uh, when, when I start, you know, uh, my my um, intro, I am Jim Collison, live from the Gallup Studios here in Omaha, Nebraska. Like when I, I've said that so many times, I can nuance that thing and, and ad lib around it. But if I didn't know it, it would be really uncomfortable for both me and the listener. Well, that's one of those things after time, you just have it memorized. Yeah. And then it's just a matter of, yeah, I had one of my clients. It's like, wait, you're, you're saying that every time it's not pre-recorded. And I'm like, no, I'm saying that I say every, every time. time, every time. And I said, and there are times when I botch it up because my whole thing is I help you massage your message, tackle the technology, face your fears and flatten the learning curve. And on occasion I will swap those up and yeah. it's, I'm like, wait, that's yeah. wait, tackle the, tackle the face. No, what? <laughs> I'm like, doesn't work. Your listeners are listening to that, by the way. I listen for it when I listen to school podcasting. I'm I am intently listening to your intro to each week to see what you do. It's one of those things that I'm I'm really really interested in how you're handling things. I mean, I've learned a few things from you. We say on Home Gadget Geeks news reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. And it's the same type of deal, right? In fact, I've I, I we even took those four and made sh- those are the structure for our show notes now. So when I create a set of show notes, I start with conversation. Oh, nice. Say, yeah, news, reviews, product updates. And it's something, Dave, you use that as a hook. 
and, and I think if there's one thing I've learned from you, I've learned a lot from you, by the way, but if there's one thing I've really learned from you is using that intro as a hook to bring people in and be really, really clear about why they are there. And that for me, Home Gadget Geeks is about news, reviews, product updates, and conversation all for the average tech guy. In one sentence, we have the purpose of why they've shown up, right, to be there. And you do the same thing with 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 yours. And I can't say yours, but you can say yours, you know, the, right. the that 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 sentence. So if you can't consolidate why you're podcasting, maybe down into a sentence or maybe two if you have to, you you may be a little unfocused. Yeah, you have to kind of know why like what's the show about, why we're here. That whole nine yards. Yeah, yeah. No, it makes it super easy. By the way, when you have that sentence, that description, it makes filling in all those, those, you know, iTunes and, and Google and Stitcher and like when you have that boiled down in your description and it's super clear, just copy and paste those things in and you have a dynamite description for what you're trying to do. And when people ask, so what's your podcast about? And you've said it on your show because it's part of your intro. Yeah. You have, well, Home Gadget Geeks is about news, reviews, product update, and conversations. You know, that's, that's it. Do. That's what I do. It's funny. <laughs> yeah. I forget where I was at, and I did that. They're like, well, what, what's your podcast about? I go, well, I help people massage your message. I help them tackle the technology, face their fears, and flatten the learning curve. And somebody standing next to me just smiling like, that's so cool to hear live. No, right on. And you could, Dave, you could go in and speak. If somebody asked you, like, hey, come in and teach us um, how to podcast. Because that's what you do on the show. You could do four outlined remarks or about that. Just go boom, boom. How do you help? How do you help people tackle a, uh, the learning curve? How do you? Did, did I get that right? That's not tackle the learning curve. It's it's uh, tackle the technology. Tackle, yeah. See, there we go. And and you could just work your way down that in a in a very nicely laid out. Maybe you've done that before, or you've just kind of walked through your purpose statement on at, at live. I remember I remember when I came up with it, I wanted all those words are physical, massaging your message, tackling the technology, yeah. facing your free, although facing. What are you doing? I'm facing. Um, but <laughs> no, all but we stuff. know what that means. We yeah. Know what that means. I cannot remember his Ross, name. Ross. Thank you. I was going to say Ron. I'm like, it's not Ron. I'm like what? Um, he says those repeated intros are like, <laughs> like the bell to Pavlov dogs. Yeah, that is true. Speaking of that, I watched Jimmy Fallon last night. Haven't watched him in a while. Wow. It's now because it used to be you know, that whole thing. And he's walking down the street and he's getting a hot dog and then uh, gone. Hmm. You turn it on and it's being welcome to the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Hey, 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 everybody. None of this like, hey, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Tonight Show. You made it. You're here, baby. Gone. Really? Every, everybody say hi to the roots. And then he's doing, I think, a little longer monologue. Because yeah. my whole thing that used to drive me nuts was they would say who was on the show. And then he would do his monologue and he'd go over to the desk and say who's on the show. And I'm like, you just said that like yeah. seven minutes ago. But yeah, his his intro is now, boom, Jimmy, go. And I'm right like, in. Get, yeah. get right in. Well, that money, or I mean, that all that time is just pure gold on YouTube now. I mean, like That's they true. they are making way more money on YouTube than they I, that I'm sure they're making just doing the show with the sponsors. And so that you just got to get content. You got to get right to the content because it's worth so much. By the way, every podcast does not have to get right to the content. So. If you have a community based or you people are listening to hear the banter. And by the way, people do listen to podcasts for 
banter. That's all Dave and I do every Saturday. <laughs> we have content disguised as banter. And, and people show up every Saturday morning to do this. It's okay to have banter. So you don't always have to. I think feel I feel like sometimes we beat it over people's head. Get to the content. I noticed right. when you had that show about why, you know, pet peeves, that's not what you called yeah. it. You know, get to the content. Mm, not always. So don't feel bad if you've got banter. That's what we do here. Yeah. Or yeah. or if you like having banter, then that's one of the reasons why you're doing your show. Uh she she podcast does a lot of banter yeah. at the beginning of their show. And I always wonder if I didn't know those two, if I would be like going nuts and going, come on. But on the other hand, it's, you know, a lot of times they have really interesting conversations, but uh, we'll try this one more time. Okay. Screen share screen number two share. And there it is. It's more like it. So yeah, go over to ask the podcast coach.com slash awesome. We still have the teacher's pet position available if you're looking for a monthly accountability call at a greatly reduced price. Uh, go over to askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome. But uh, we always like to sh- give a shout out to the people that donate $20 a week. People like Greg at debtshepherd.com where he teaches financial wellness. Glenn the Geek Hebert over at horseradionetwork.com. What's interesting is I was doing a video and I searched for the word the feed because I was showing Lipson's podcast or in this case, I was not showing Lipson's podcast. But Glenn came up because he must have done an episode about feeding your horses or something. Uh, Joshua Rivers from podcastingexperiments.com. Max Trescott uh, at aviationnewstalk.com. Shane from spybrary.com. Carrie Bond from keywestperspective.com slash podcast. That's a podcast about uh, island life and the people who live it. My buddy Ronsley down in Australia at uh, the Amplify Media Group. If you're looking for help with your podcast, check him out at mustamplify.com. Carl White down in the Carolinas. Check him out. It's Life in the Carolinas with an S. Life in the Carolinas podcast.com. There she is. She's stuck behind me as well. Kim Kragy from Toastmasters101.net. And if you would like to be an awesome supporter, simply go over to askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome. I do have a question here. This is from, looks like Bill Reed. Says, hey, gay, hey guys, I got some feedback on my podcast and I'm getting that my co-host sounds like she is crossed. She is across the room in an empty hallway. So this is where I say, if your audio is bad, people will kind of go, what's up? Why are you podcasting from the Lincoln Tunnel? Uh, any ideas how to fix this? Uh, she has her own mic. Her setup is the same as mine on the mixer. Does she need to move closer? And my answer probably is yes. But the other thing and we don't do it here. We kind of just always, we would know it soon. I mean, we do have a little pre-show, but if Jim was talking and he sounded weird, I would just say, can you, can you tap your microphone? That's the key. And when he does that and nothing happens, I go, Oh, wait a minute. We're not listening to that microphone. Mm-hmm. And Jim, you look like you're about, I don't know, four fingers away from the mic. Yeah. 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 Maybe I get, I get even closer. Maybe two. I'm going to say, I usually shoot for three counting the pop filter. So it's like two. So, um, no, I like to get, I like to get right on it. It, it it's better. It sounds better. I think you just got to get close, but yeah, you've heard those. You've all heard those. Right. And it's eight miles away. Yeah. Uh, and you're like, Oh my gosh, I don't know if I can make it through my, I don't know if my ears can make it through, even if, if the content is great. It's it, especially when it's so preventable. Yeah. Know? The, the thing that gets me, it's kind of like when you buy a car and all of a sudden, you're driving down and you see nothing but other cars just like yours. When you notice like, wow, she sounds like she's in a bathroom. Like as she talks, that's all I hear now. 
And I'm like, and I'm with you. I'm like, oh, all you had to do was turn the blue Yeti to the right setting and get a pop filter and get close if that's what you're using or whatever. But well, I can't, Dave, I, I interview guests for a living. That's all I do. Right. So, um, uh, it surprises me when I get somebody on the phone and they've got a microphone and I'm like, okay, tap your mic. It's the very first thing I say, let's find it. What are we, right. what are we coming in on? And they've got it. They, they have to reach to get it. You know, it's six feet away. And I'm like, okay, bring that closer. And they'll, I watch them literally just bring it like six inches closer. I'm like, no, no, no. It's a microphone, not a work of art. Get that thing super close to you. And I'm like closer and closer and closer. And they're like, oh, I didn't know you wanted it in the camera. I'm like, I don't, I don't give a rip about the video. I am, yeah. I want great audio. Get that thing as close to you as, as you know, you possibly can. So it's, it, it's, I think it must be a human nature thing. Cause I see a lot oh, of yeah. people doing it where they're just, they continue to push that microphone away like it's a disease. And you're like, no, 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 we need that thing. Get, get that, get it, get it, move closer, closer, hotter, hotter. <laughs> when I, when I used to run the sound system at my church, I would always say the microphone is your friend mm-hmm. because they were, you know, they're singing into a microphone and they're way, and I'm like, no, no, no. I'm like, eat the mic, get on eat it. the microphone, get up on it. Yeah, for sure. I thought this was an interesting one. This is from, I'm going to say Latara. Hello, my friends. Uh, my friend and I are working on a podcast and a blog that we'll be releasing this year. Uh, summer for the blog, fall for the podcast. While both, this is one of those things again where I kind of go, all right, we're really thinking things out here. While both working full-time jobs in two different states, I have two questions. Is it cheating to just share the same content on both platforms in a different way to increase the content? Example, podcast interview with Michelle Obama blog post. No, five things uh, we learned from Michelle on the interview. So, and my whole thing is, no, actually, I would, I would recommend doing that. Stretch the most out of it you can. And she says, is it okay to start trying to build relationships with other influencers, bloggers, podcasters now, since there isn't really anything to show uh, except a coming soon page? I feel like people aren't really sure what, who they'll be getting into or what they'll be talking to or what they'll be getting. So, yeah, I mean, it's not going to hurt. Uh, there are people, I mean, I've been the last two interviews I did uh, that I talked about, I was their first guest. I was on pod Lords, which I love that name. And then my perfect podcast, I was, I was guest number one. I don't problem, whatever, you know, I'm like, eventually somebody will hear that. So, well, you were on the worst possible podcast that podcaster will ever do. So that's <laughs> there, it. You, there you go. I think that, and that's tough for podcasters, Dave. I mean, thank you, by the way, for saying yes to two number ones. Because sometimes we can get a little bit of an attitude as podcasters like, well, tell you what, when you get show, when you get to show 50, you know, give me a call and you're you are gracious enough and willing enough to really kind of help you. They were on training wheels. Now, well, well, hold on. Lords was a is is an experienced podcaster, right? Yeah. And yeah. and as is the other one, they're oh, both throwing. They're their still heads. not great. Their first ones are still not the best. Yeah. Yeah. And they're they're actually both friends of mine. I have. I have done like really low, but it, there was one and I felt like a total schmuck doing it. Cause it was like episode three and I went over their website, wasn't even ready. And I was like, mm, there's a lot, you know, if they have a website going and everything's, you know, going, they're in iTunes. I'm like, okay. But when it's like, yeah, we're going to record a bunch and then batch them and send them. And I'm like, mm, can you let me know when you're live? And I felt like just such a schmuck because I want to help everybody. But I was like, I've, I've had a few, I don't know, let me think about that. I probably had two that I've recorded interviews and either a 
they didn't like the interview or what, but they just, you know, I, I should be hearing like, Hey, your episode is live and nothing. And I'm like, Hmm. Now it's good. Good for you for doing the interviews. It's, it's tough to do even experience. I don't know about you, but for me, even as an experienced podcaster, whenever I'm starting a new podcast, it's not as crisp. It's not as clean and it's not as figured out as when I've been down five or 10 of them. They get better as they go along. And, yeah. and so I just, it's, I think you take risks on those when you're willing to be on them. And, and I, I appreciate that because people need to, there needs to be a number one, you know, there needs to be somebody on the first one. No, it's me. And I always, I, I usually don't turn those down just because it seems, I guess in a way like a, you know, the fact that I said yes to be number one, they're like, really? And I'm like, yeah. Like, yeah and they're like, oh, that's what you said it earlier. Like yeah. be a nice guy. Yeah. 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 No, be a, be a pal. They'll have you back. You know, they'll have you back for 50 or a hundred or yeah. whatever. And you can, by the way, you can, no one can ever unseat you as being the first one on the show. You know, right. I was on some of the early episodes of podcasters Roundtable. Maybe ten or less, and you know you can't you can't take that away. You're just like, mm, well, it's just well, I was on it when it was new, and uh, if it if it goes big, you never know. You never know. Somebody might you know find it. And they're like, I'm going to download everything this person's ever done. So yeah, and I think I I think that was the way it worked for me for you. I I and I always go back to like, how did I find Dave Jackson? I'm, I and I found you and Dave or you and. Uh, Daniel and Ray all at the same time because you guys are triplets. You were, you know, right. brothers from another mother. And um, and I remember hitting all of those things all at the same time. I found I found Daniel. I think I found Daniel first, and that led me to you, and that led me to Ray. And you you start making those connections, and you know, here six years later, we've got two hundred and fifty of these things. Yeah, uh, everybody's been asking about this. What are we using today? We're using Streamyard. If you go to schoolofpodcasting.com/streamyard, I think you get some sort of coupon off but no this is all just and pretty easy to use yeah Dave, right yeah so yeah, i did no, not too much different than a google hangout yeah i did i was kind of bummed blive.tv i had subscribed to it and i subscribed and i went over to their account and there's no way to cancel their billing in actually their website and i forgot about it well it's because i paid through paypal so I saw April 6th. Here's another 25 bucks for be live. And I'm like, okay, let's, let's do a little deep dive here to where I can find that. So, uh, Hey, in the last eight minutes, let me ask you this question. All right. You just did your taxes. So did I, I, I filed them April 14th. Mm. Like, and I don't know why I was, I waited so long this year um, with them being due on the 15th. Did you learn as you know, filing taxes as a podcaster can be a little bit different. Did you learn anything new this year or would you give any advice to podcasters? Because it's not like Patreon doesn't send a 1099. You, you have to go figure it out yourself. At least that's, that's what I found out. I'm like, okay, if I'm going to claim this Patreon income, which by the way, in the United States, they consider that income. You have to declare it. If you podcasters, if you haven't declared your Patreon income, you might just want to file an amendment because they're going to, they're going to start, enforcing that but dave did you learn anything no i use i and i'm so happy i i love it to death uh fresh books so i have i make an invoice called additional income that's the name of the customer and so when i get my whatever four dollars and 98 cents from you to me and then i make whatever on amazon and then blah blah i just put them all on one invoice and one of those is like book sales 
Um, I have a, a spreadsheet. It's a biggest loser weight loss spreadsheet for 10 bucks. I sell, I, I probably make like 30, 40 bucks, which again is not, I'm going to retire on that, but I'm like a, a month or a year, a month. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So that turns like, into three, 400 yeah. bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I put all that on an invoice. So I, it's already in my account as income. And then the thing I've been really doing much better this year at is uh, like, I will now go in and make sure BeLive.tv is canceled in FreshBooks because you can set up reoccurring uh, expenses because that's the key. You want to not only track your income, you really want to track your expenses because that then makes your income less and there's less taxes to pay. And so I'm a, I'm a big fan of fresh books. I, uh, they, they've actually done some things. They went to like a new version and I was not a fan because I had to like run. I would have to ask them. I'm like, can you show me what I sold the most of? Cause I want to see how much was affiliate marketing and how much was this and that. And they now have that to where I don't have to ask somebody, but, uh, yeah, I started that. Why well, I always had spreadsheets and things of that nature. So, yeah. Well, and I would say if you had trouble filing your taxes or your it's questionable this year, now is the time to start planning for next year. Like take all that weight off yourself and do it a little bit at a time. Every two weeks, you know, maybe bring your Patreon in, maybe bring your Amazon in. Um, I didn't, one year I missed Amazon. I got my 1099 really late and I just missed it. And man, that came back around. That was a mess to, to the government sent me a, okay, we're adjusting everything because you missed this. And then of course they don't, they only take the income. They don't, I didn't declare any of the expenses that I'd had around that. And so I had to go back in and do an amendment and super messy. So uh, my recommendation is if you're making any money in podcasting, anything, whether you're charging people to be on the show or you're, you have sponsors doing this or cause those, those all count, right? You have to, you have to count that as ordinary income. You, um, Patreon, uh, donations through PayPal technically should be should be declared. Amazon, any affiliates that you have. Now you can also write off. I don't know tax advisor here, but you can also write off any expenses related to podcasting that you might have. So equipment that you bought, hard drives to store things on, any services you've used to store things. Your host provider uh, can be done. Your website provider. All those things can be can be um, uh, ex- sometimes. To, you know, again, I'm not a tax advisor. <laughs> uh, as as expenses, and a lot of times it's a it can cancel it out. Yeah, this is what I never thought of tracking mileage for speaking engagements. Yeah, there's some apps to help you do that now, where you just hit the button and it automatically the GPS tracks it for you and yeah, says, "Oh, these these are the miles." I think there's one called TripIt that is they they keep wanting me to update, and it's like because I have the free version. Yeah, yeah, um, but some of those, I mean, if you're doing a lot of income that way, yeah. Uh, you know, on April 14th, the panic that you go into knowing you got to get these things, um, done. I used TurboTax, the online version of it, and I paid the extra 120 bucks to get the self-employed module. It was actually super helpful. Like it, it it was reminding me of things. Hey, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? Oh, that. And one of them was a huge, uh, deduction I could take that actually, wiped out all of my podcasting income and, and uh, put me in the positive on some other things. So let technology be your friend. And I would say, start planning for this stuff. Now, if you're not doing it, plan for it now, just remember the pain you went through when you filed your taxes and go, okay, I don't want to do that next year. And next year, Jim, 
use TurboTax again, you'll love it because I used, I don't know why, but I picked H&R Block online and I did my taxes. And when I went to do it last year, they're like, oh, we'll just, so all the stupid employee ID number and all that stuff that you have to look up, it was all like, is this still the same? Yes. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. And I, I paid, I shouldn't have paid in the state of Nebraska. You can file online for free. And I think I paid the 40 bucks that turbo because it was all there. It was going to be like two clicks and I was done. (laughs) Um, So paying for those, by the way, that 120 plus 40, I can write that all off next year as an expense uh, for my taxes next year. So don't, um, don't underestimate the power of planning when we're thinking about taxes, it's just a really, this thing can sneak up on you. And the, here in the United States, the IRS is getting more and more strict about these side hustle incomes. Yeah. 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 Cause there's, there are people making some serious. Yeah. Side That's hustle. what we need. We need some side hustle tax advice <laughs> podcasts. That's what That's we kind of need. Yeah. Geez. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of things you can do. Well, we should say again, neither one of us are tax advisors. No, no, you want or serious, lawyers. yeah, uh, definitely talk to your tax person. Some, some, they will, they will either clarify or get it from somebody that's not named Dave or Jim. Yeah, no. Uh, is that, is my butt covered enough at this point? I think, I think we're good. I think, we're I think good. we're good. I said it in the beginning. You said it at the end. I think yeah. we're fine. Uh, Jim, what's coming up on the average guy.tv? Yeah, I'd mentioned we had, uh, Patrick Stewart from Hubitat on talking about home automation. Really long show, but my audience doesn't blink. Hit the average guy.tv. There you go. And this week on the School of Podcasting, I'm going outside of the the bounds. We're not talking microphones. We're not talking bandwidth. We're not talking, I don't know, interviews. We're talking how to get focused because that is a problem of mine. And I've been researching it quite a bit lately. And I have some really cool tools. Uh, One, I'll give you a preview. Freedom. uh, See, I I think there's an affiliate program, whatever. Freedom.to is a cool program that you can go in and say, when I turn this on, block Facebook, block this, block that, block that, block that, block that. And that one works on your phone. And I went, ooh, that's that's really interesting. So that'll be coming up along with how to prioritize. I've just been, it's just one of those things where I have good days and bad days. And I'm like, okay, I really need to focus on getting focused, which in itself sounds weird, but uh that's uh, that's coming up this Monday on the school of podcasting.com. And um, thank you to the chat room. We are going to sit around and do some, some post show here. Uh, I realize it's just now 1130. We're ending right on time. So stick around. yeah, stick around for some post show. We'll be right back. <laughs> Thank you.